Hey everyone, welcome to SEO This Week, episode number 38. Today we're going to talk about LinkedIn liars, some PPC gold, and how to keep your clients happy so you can keep them around, because everyone knows it costs more to get a new client than it does to keep an old one. So without further ado, let's get started. So the first site we're going to look at is Small Business Trends, and this one is the uh, LinkedIn Liars study that uh, I alluded to. And basically what they did was they conducted a survey of LinkedIn users. It wasn't really clear on the uh, uh, the scope, like how many, uh, the market that they were looking at, etc. But it did give some interesting information about um, looking at profiles and determining whether or not they're true. Uh, the fact of the matter is, as with any website, you can put a, uh, a smiley, happy face on all of your uh, properties, including LinkedIn, to make you seem better than you are, living the dream, or <laughs> presenting the dream, but living the nightmare kind of scenario. And this is uh, the same with the with LinkedIn. The reason I wanted to highlight this and show it off is, it, while they did show 1,200 respondents, 23% that said they were prone to lying. Basically, what that means is... Um, so they either you know inflated their skills or they just upright made made up their um, their profiles um i think you can look at that in a, in a bunch of different ways try to to um compete in a very competitive space and at some times just people are are prone to lie and it's a lot easier to do on social media so when you're looking to hire especially from any uh, website and you're looking at qualifications make sure you have a system in place to cr do interviews uh see work habits and tr and do tryouts like test out a new uh, virtual assistant for example for a week how they're going to work with you how do they communicate do they understand the simple tasks that you give them and when you it'll save you a lot of drama when you're going down the road and actually doing more complex info stuff so interesting article just you know for some food for thought next one is orbel orberlo oberlo it's a new site uh, and this one is top 12 or 12 top online marketing influencers to watch in 2017 this one's a uh, Interesting in so much as this is uh, it's a list of people who are well known in our industry. Danny Sullivan's on here, Amy Porterfield, and a few others. And a couple of things that I want to point out from the list is most of these people are speakers. Uh, they're invited to different conventions, etc., to present the world of online marketing. However. I don't know that all these people are actually, you know, actively doing online marketing. Uh, Amy Porterfield sells courses. Um, and Danny Sullivan, he owns Search uh, Engine Land. So that's a good, you know, it's a good resume. But are they actually doing marketing uh, for businesses in our case like small businesses or are they doing or are they just information providers now uh, in their space and what I wanted to highlight from this is one if you're looking for influencers to follow this to provide some information or hopefully uh, get them to notice you you know jump up and down and notice me kind of thing 
uh, following the influencer marketing path, then that's probably a good list for you to look at. However, I think you need to be the one that's positioning yourself as an influencer. You need to get followers. You need to do that through content, social media engagement, and build up your reputation within your own circle versus relying on other people's reputation now. Uh, these people don't owe you anything. It's very unlikely that they are going to actually engage with you, much less promote your content. So why bend over backwards to serve them and their needs when you can serve your own? Influencer marketing does have its place. Um, however, I think these 12 influencers are probably uh, over the top for for online marketers. And I wouldn't look for these people. I would look for people who have uh, a smaller um, market uh, or a smaller reach. Uh, but it's still a reach nonetheless. And you expand and you build on with those smaller guys to build your own influence. And then you make one of these top 10 or top 12 lists. The next that we're looking at is KISS Metrics. Uh, it's how to solve customer retention problems. And this is a excellent post because, as I said when, in the opening, it is a lot easier to keep existing clients than it is to find new ones. And it's a lot cheaper. So these are four steps that you can do to achieve that. One is show more customer appreciation, loyalty programs. Uh, if you're a customer for us, for instance, uh, we set, send out periodic coupons in our mailing list. Send out a thank you email. You have autoresponders. Put that in there. Thank you for your purchase. We appreciate all that you are and all that you do for supporting our business. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Really simple, easy to, easy to do uh, thing. You can do, create special events for your customers. Ask for reviews. Get some feedback on them. Get their opinions. What do you think about X, Y, and Z? You bought it from us. What are some things that we can do to improve the product? Now they're engaged with you and they're invested in you and your service and they're more likely to stick around. And then uh, finally, there's one is be better at content marketing. It's number four. It's probably one of the most important ones that I would follow. And the reason for that is if you are the go-to resource on the internet to solve their problem then why would they not buy from you if you're providing them constant good information then they're going to come re uh, reward you by using uh, or purchasing from your services so everybody needs to do content marketing whether you're a plumber a dentist a lawyer or an information person um, leverage content marketing for your business you have no more excuses the next site is uh, Reagan's PR Daily. This is the top marketing challenge and how to reach the mobile generation. It's a pretty good, interesting thing here. First, let me point out, just because everyone, meaning the worldwide, has more access to the internet through their mobile phone does not necessarily mean that mobile is going to be right for you and your business. I can tell you from the data on my site, there's maybe one or two people out of all the visitors that we get to digitalear.com, for instance, uh, that buy while on a mobile device. Sure, the site is 
uh, mobile friendly. Yes, it's responsive. Yes, you can engage with it on mobile. However, it does not make me any money. There's a lot of markets and a lot of niches um, that are in the same position. So look at your traffic, see your conversions, and see if it makes sense for you to try to obtain customers on mobile. Uh, I think more mobile nowadays from who we're seeing, what our customers are seeing, it's good to use it as a branding positioning tool, leveraging your informational content marketing uh, for the people who are commuting, they're you know watching videos, all that stuff on their mobile phones, um, and then focusing your sales stuff on your um, your desktop platforms. But there's some good tips in here like creating specific content, using Google My Business to get maps, uh, and maybe even creating a mobile application to kind of foster the communications relationship with you and your business. But again, only you're going to be able to know that based off of your conversions and the data in your analytics. Next up, we're looking at Search Engine Journal. It's Google releases a website builder for small businesses. Basically, it's, I like to say, like Google Sites is basically what they did. They just made a, you can make a single page website. It's attached to your Google My Business and it's free. I would use this to test out ads. You can use it as a landing page, play with it, tweak it, and then maybe run some PPC campaigns to it uh, for uh, specific keywords. Then you know, one, if it's going to, those words are going to convert for you. Uh, and two, you save a little bit of money on um, tools like ClickFunnels or lead pages. It's not a complete replacement for that, but it's a good way to save money, especially if you're just starting out. If you don't have a website at all, I would get this one, put it in place for right now, but do not, I repeat, do not use this as your sole uh, web property. Google can get rid of this anytime they want to. They can put limits on what you can do with it anytime they want to. Uh, you don't own the race course, as it were, from Jane Trapko. Yeah, so you need to own your do own domain. You need to own your own hosting. You need to, and you need to own your own website and your business online. Next is HubSpot.com is how to write catchy headlines and blog titles your readers can't resist. We've gone over this quite a few times here on uh, SEO this week. And the reason why I go, I'm allowing to go ahead and do it again is because it's so important. Your headline is how you get people to read your content, to watch your video, to buy your product. You need to know and understand how to write good headlines. So any and all information that you can find about this, even some swipe file stuff like, you know, looking at what other people are doing, create all of that for your headlines. Search alone, the click-through rate on uh, in the search results matters. If you have a better, more compelling headline than everyone else and you're only number three, you're going to get more clicks and that clicks, the clicks alone there are going to help you rank. So... This is a very, very, very important topic, uh, and you need to leverage it. I actually put a, an advanced tip on how to use Twitter to, twist, to test your headlines uh, on the site. So check out the, this episode on digitalear.com to see that advanced tip. Another uh, Search Engine Journal article is the complete list of Google penalties and how to recover. 
this is a really broad overview the recovery sections or maybe a sentence so uh, i wouldn't take this for face value however if you're wanting to know what google can or will do or is doing at this point in time this is a pretty good list and it also kind of defines for you penguin and Pan panda are algorithms they're not penalties so if person says oh you were hit by penguin that means the algorithm is punishing you and it's a little bit easier actually to recover from that if you're hit by pan panda the algorithm is hurting you it's easier to recover from that if you get hit by an actual penalty which like uh, thin content or schema um spam those kind of things in the you'll see those manual actions in your search console those are a little bit tougher in the end it's cheaper to do seo right the first time versus making a doing penalty recoveries we do penalty recoveries for a lot of people here at digitalear.com and you're looking at a six month commitment and fifteen hundred dollars a month just to even think about doing a penalty recovery so this stuff's you know it's again it's a lot cheaper to do seo right than it is to recover um and it's certainly not easy at least not anymore but this is a pretty good list i think you'll find it very informative if anything next is ahrest blog and are google cert features stealing traffic from your site and this is some research data that they compiled and in for the short version, basically, if you see a featured snippet for your target term, then you need to optimize for it because your traffic within the search results is going to be lower. I don't know whether if I agree or disagree with the use of feature snippets. Basically, what they're doing is taking content off of your site, putting it into Google, and then just robbing everyone of traffic. And then they get the ad clicks and no one else gets uh, the added benefit. Unless the searcher wants to see the entire list, let's say top 10 ways to do X or how to complete Y, uh, we'll have, you know, five, seven, 10 steps to it. The, the uh, feature snippet shows a, uh, a slight or a smaller version of that list. Then they're going to click through on a feature snippet result. So you need to you need to optimize for it you need to figure out how to leverage featured snippets and how to eat quote unquote steal those from your competitors to get that traffic most of this stuff's going to be informational traffic however so you know base that off you know use that thought process when you're looking at this and the work that's going to be involved in doing it properly um but for the most part, it's, uh, you know, if the term is worth your keyword research says that the term is worth going for in the first place and you made the content for it, then you may as well optimize for this featured snippets as well. The last one is the SEM Rush blog. I'm going to just leave this one here. It's called Ad Copywriting Winning Techniques from Australia's Top Online Retailers. And that title is completely not uh, related, <laughs> in my opinion. Basically, what this thing does is it takes some different versions of ads and ways to write them. And it tells you how to, to do that for your own uh, business. Great, great examples for advertising. And then SEMrush made a new tool. It's how to automate your ad creation copy. And it's called the Ads Builder. And you just plug in your competitors and it'll give you some ideas for ads. And then you can write them right inside of the tool and it'll spit them out for you. And then you just save the ad and then import it into your uh, Google AdWords account. 
very cool, very uh, helpful, especially if you're doing uh, the right thing by writing, you know, at least four versions of an ad for a specific keyword to find the, the optimal performing one. Um, so I would check this post out. My insight on it is if you're not reading this thing, you're kind of missing out, especially if you're in PPC uh, in AdWords. I'm looking forward to maybe someone making one of these for uh, Facebook uh, and a couple other platforms as well. But SEMrush really stepped up the game uh, with their interface. So that's it. Uh, SEO This Week, episode number 38. Not a lot of blogs, but some great information. Again, on the website, digitalear.com, episode number 38, there is an advanced tip on how to test your titles using Twitter. You should check it out, uh, and I know you'll be very happy with that. Without further ado, if you have any sites on here that you would like us to highlight because you're just writing badass content, or if you know someone that deserves to be highlighted on the roll-up as well, go ahead and reach out to us. Click on the SEO this week and click submit a site and we'll add it to the list as long as it meets our quality guidelines. And with that, I say have a great week and see you for episode 39 next week.